This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What do you say? That was a year ago when the Georgia Bulldogs had a bowling Bennett, a crying Stetson Bennett. Yeah, that was not the case. On Monday night in L.A., actually Monday afternoon in L.A., Stetson Bennett never got caught on camera without a ginormous grin. He was definitely enjoying his time in L.A., his trip to L.A. But no matter if you believe that Georgia was the better team, maybe you bet the over, you took Georgia and the points, is there any way that college football could have seen this coming? I don't think so. Now, it it does beg the question about expansion, and at some point maybe we can have that conversation. But TCU earned its spot. In this national championship, they defeated a handful of ranked teams, including Michigan, in the national semifinals. Now, I know they lost in the Big 12 championship, but they finished first place in the Big 12 standings with a bunch of viable teams. They had victories over Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, Texas this year. TCU wasn't a fluke. And even if the Horn Frogs were a Cinderella, their resume was convincing. And so on into the national championship they go. I mean, think back to that game against Michigan. A a pair of pick sixes were humongous for them, right? Even if you didn't believe that the Horned Frogs would be as competitive or that they could keep up with Georgia, this was still shocking. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The game is just now being replayed on a TV screen in front of me. It was obvious from the very beginning that Stetson Bennett and the Georgia Bulldogs not only had a game plan that if they executed would work to perfection, but it was obvious very early that they were prepared Bennett was seeing the defense very clearly. And they were able to move the ball. Almost to the point where on some of their longer catches, their deeper throws, their vertical plays, there were no Horn Frogs defenders within arm's length of the receivers. Or on their very first touchdown, Stetson Bennett gets in untouched. The dogs are moving here on their first possession, despite a couple of five-yard penalties. Now here is 
Bennett going to fake it and all the way into the end zone. He faked it to Dejon Edwards who rolled to the right. Some of the defenders went with him. And Bennett has clear sailing 21 yards into the end zone for the first score of the game. Boy, fantastic ball fake there by Dejon Edwards. That captured every TCU defender's attention. And then Stetson Bennett able just to waltz into the end zone. He definitely sauntered. That's Scott Howard and company on Georgia Bulldogs radio. That's how the scoring opened in the national championship against TCU uh, at SoFi Stadium in L.A. By the way, I asked Michael Duarte of NBC L.A., who was at the game, how the atmosphere compared NFL to college football and how a national championship in the college ranks played at SoFi. You'll love his answer. So check out Michael on our podcast after hours, amylawrence.com. Max Duggan and the Horn Frogs were able to answer. In fact, they had a 60-yard pass play that was clearly broken coverage by Georgia. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be high-octane, high-flying. These two teams are going to go toe-to-toe and blow-to-blow except it didn't quite work out that way. Once they got through that first quarter, and try to think it was about five minutes to go when Duggan had his own rushing touchdown, which was set up by the 60-yard pass. After that, Georgia found another gear. And not only did we see, again, a lot of these wide-open pass plays, but the creativity of the offense. And the push on the offensive line, right? So you, you got to see the whole kind of the, the flexing of muscles, the balance of power and strength kind of shift in favor of Georgia. But to me, the turning point really came late in that first half. In fact, in the final minute of the first half, when it was defense to offense. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullard. Bullard got it again. Bullard. Picked it and then tumbled. He had a touchdown. Would have had a big six. But after the interception, he tumbled down right around the 15-yard line. Javon Bullard's got two interceptions in the game. From the 22, second and 10 for the Dogs. 32 seconds to go. Bennett to throw. Right angle. One-on-one coverage. And caught, I think. Yeah, touchdown, Mitchell. He's still fighting the guy. TCU ended up with the ball when they came out of the pile, but the officials say touchdown. It got really out of hand in the second quarter, 21 to nothing for the Georgia Bulldogs. And if you look at just the play-by-play, really the results of the various possessions in the first half, what you see is there were already three takeaways by the Georgia defense by the time they got into the halftime locker room. And that second interception thrown by Max Duggan, which took place with just over a minute to go, then set up Stetson Bennett and the Bulldogs with a short field and an opportunity to deliver what, for all intents and purposes, was a knockout blow. Uh, That, to me, was the turning point. There was... Really, no return. It was a point of no return for the Horn Frogs then. And at that point, so I did the math. My math teacher mom would be very proud of me for this tweet and put it out there. But Georgia was on pace for 76 points and more than 700 yards of offense in the game based on what they did in the first half. Now, they did, <clears throat> wait for it, call off the dogs in the second half, but not before. They had a few more High-flying, individual feats of strength. Bennett takes the snap in the shotgun, throws for the corner. Brock Bowers one-on-one. Caught! Touchdown! He ate him alive! Falls down into the end zone. Six more for Georgia. Bennett 
to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown. George is going to get back on the line and go quickly. Hand it off to Robinson straight ahead from inside the one. Did he break the plane? The officials are running in. Yeah, there's the signal. Arms go up in the air. Touchdown, Branson Robinson. Once again, Scott Howard on Georgia Bulldogs Radio. TCU not only was way out of sync because of the shorter possessions, but defensively, credit to Georgia because everything the Horn Frogs tried after that first quarter, it seemed like it was stunted and it was stymied and it was smothered. Generally, on this edition of After Hours, we give you a defensive player of the week but I'm going to give you a defensive unit of the week. And it's sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD veterans and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. The Dogs D, five sacks, nine tackles for loss, three takeaways, all of this coming in the first half that was so decisive. In addition to that, the Dogs defense didn't even allow... TCU to have the 200 yards of offense. It was bad. Not even 200 yards of offense and not even 10 first downs. And by bad, I mean lopsided. It was overwhelming. The numbers for TCU on third and fourth down, two for 13. Right, So it became this kind of snowball effect. I know there aren't a lot of avalanches in either LA or Athens, Georgia, but that's the analogy, the, the metaphor that I kept thinking about. Once that avalanche started downhill, there was no stopping it. There was no slowing it down. TCU got buried. And it was an effort from the lines to the defense to Stetson Bennett, who accounted for six touchdowns, to his receivers. It was all hands on deck. TCU absolutely can play a better game, but didn't ever respond to that wave, really, initially. And that was kind of the issue. I think for TCU, proving that they belong in this conversation is huge. It may not feel like it was a triumph, certainly the way they went out for the seniors who won't play again. This is painful, and it's devastating. But as a building block for the Horn Frogs and for Sonny Dykes, it's massive. Not only is it a taste of the college football playoff and expansion is on the horizon, but certainly it's huge when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to proving that the Horn Frogs can compete with the big oh, dogs in college football. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Largest margin of victory in any bowl game in college football history to the point where Stetson Bennett in his last huddle, didn't even have to call a play. And at what point in this game do you bring Stetson out just to give him the ovation that he so richly deserves? Boy, just what a way to cap First off. timeout, Georgia. This may be the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Georgia calls is. the time. Yep. Stetson Bennett hugs Kirby Smart. Look at the team. Just react to Bennett coming out of the game. Carson Beck's going to come in and quarterback in the national championship game here in the fourth quarter. The huddle, because uh, I told all the guys, they're like, what? 
what are we doing? Why don't we have a play? And I was like, well, they, uh, they're going to let me walk out of here. And, uh, but in the huddle, you know, just a- as simple as it is, just one last huddle with the guys, you know. And uh, that was special. And coming off seeing Coach Smart, um, that, was, that was really cool. And I appreciate that. When he came in my office and he said, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to come back or ride off in the wind. He goes, I don't understand. Everybody's telling me that I should just ride off in the sunset and be the legendary quarterback that won a national title. And he said, that's just not who I am. And he's like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Why should I do that when I have an opportunity to play again? Like, like why, why, why don't we go win it again? Kirby Smart flashing back to a year ago after the Bulldogs won their first national championship in 41 years. And Stetson Bennett, hey, I still want to play. Why is everybody telling me I should leave? I should just take this, rest on my laurels, and leave. Except for now, if one championship is nice, two is better. <laughs> well, you know Kirby Smart has such a way with stories. He is a goof, and he's so much fun. Uh, no, no wonder that the students and the athletes relate to him. He's certainly no nonsense when it comes to coaching. He has taken multiple pages out of Nick Saban's book. Nick Saban was his mentor, of course. What he spent nearly a decade as Saban's defensive coordinator at Alabama. Um, <laughs> but he's got a different personality than Saban, to be fair. And he told the story afterwards of an encounter he had with a family member, not quite what he expected. Tell you a quick story. I walked into my little, they got a real nice head coach's office in that room over there. And I don't know if Stetson knows this, but I walked in and my 10 year old son, Andrew's balling. And I was like, oh no, somebody's hurt his feelings. Somebody's <laughs> thrown him down. Somebody's done something to him. I said, why are you crying? You're going to ruin my moment. He said, Stetson's leaving. Stetson's gone. I said, he's 25 years old. He's got to go. Got to leave. <laughs> He's 25 years old. It's time. Now it's time, Stetson Bennett. But yeah, if he does nothing in the NFL, nothing at all, he still has a legacy that is solidified in college football, though Kirby takes exception to that idea that he doesn't belong at the next level. People have slept on Stetson Bennett for too long. He needs an opportunity to play for a long time at the next level. Of course, you're going to hear that from Kirby Smart. As I say, every single time the cameras were on Stetson Bennett, he was flashing this huge grant, having the time of his life. And that is the way that Georgia went into this game. We heard it from Kirby Smart briefly, very succinctly, when he was interviewed pregame, literally right before the game kicked off, uh, by Holly Rowe on the sidelines. And I'm paraphrasing here. She asked him about approach, and he said, we're going to attack. We're going to be aggressive. But it wasn't even that many words. It was really brief to the point where she was caught off guard and said, that's it. And he said, yep. And that was the end of the interview. (laughs) And so he has said from the beginning of the season that they weren't going to be the hunted. They were going to remain the hunters. And that's part of the challenge of repeating is that you get every opponent's best shot. They're all coming for you. You've got that proverbial bullseye on your back. But Kirby turned that around and said, no way. We're going to be the hunters. We're going to ratchet up the aggressiveness and we're going to continue to attack. Though he does agree that there is one major challenge in repeating. The biggest challenge is the same thing it is in all of the world. The world we live in today, it's society we live in, entitlement. So the minute that you think you're entitled to, to winning games and, and you don't have to work hard, Coach, Coach Dykes and I were talking about it, you know, the, the uphill battle for those guys is you think that you just inherit success. 
And uh, I personally think next year is going to be a much, much more difficult challenge over this year. We'll get a little more from Kirby Smart, Stetson Bennett, even a member of that incredible defense, a senior defensive back uh, who was interviewed on the field. They were walking fully confident. Yes, there was a swagger, but it, it wasn't obnoxious, arrogant, National champs not believing that they were going to walk onto that field in SoFi and win it just by showing up, but believing that they were going to walk onto that field, do what they've been trained to do to the best of their ability, attack, be aggressive, and they knew that if they played their game, that they would be the better team. You could see that in their body language and in the way that they started out. So important when you're talking about an environment like this one, SoFi Stadium, unfamiliar to both of these teams, right? And it was split down the middle, half purple, half red, really incredible, loud, just a lot of electricity and energy in it. And to be able to start out the way that they did and to kind of squash that idea that Cinderella is still dancing was impressive. They hated for TCU, the jokes about the running clock and stopping the fight. I don't really feel badly for athletes most of the time because this is what we sign up for when we play sports, right? I'm not into the let's give a trophy to everyone. Uh, I do believe that there are winners and there are losers. But honestly, there is just as much value in losing sometimes as they're in in winning. And so we'll hear from Sonny Dykes and Max Duggan. It's painful, yes. Maybe even a little humiliating to have it end like this on a national stage when you know you didn't play your best. And for the guys who are done, it sucks, right? It's going to stick with you. But at the same time, it can be a stepping stone. It can be a building block. And the best coaches and the best leaders, they know how to turn failure into a powerful motivation. So we haven't seen the last of Sonny Dykes and TCU. But this morning, this moment belongs to Georgia. Second consecutive national championship, 29-0 and over the last two years. And... 65 points in what was a no-doubter. So congratulations to the dogs. We were just bummed out that Ugga couldn't make the trip because the flight was too long from Athens to L.A. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning now. Hope you survived your Monday. We do have the latest from the coaching ranks in the NFL. We'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. And we're asking you on Twitter and Facebook, on social, at this point, What is the most attractive head coach job in the NFL? Which one do you believe is set up for success moving forward? And there could be others, right? We don't have the full picture. We don't know about Indianapolis. If Jim Ursay, he is planning or they are planning on interviewing, but will they stick with Jeff Saturday? We don't know about Steve Wilkes in Carolina, only that they are also asking for interviews, uh, requesting interviews. Not sure about New Orleans. Uh, there, there are several openings that we know of, and then there are others that may turn out to be coach turnover. But for now, which one is the most attractive? <laughs> Some of you are throwing in kind of write-in ballots. This coach uh, should be fired and rehired. And no, Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick do not belong in that conversation, no matter what you think. So on Twitter, A Law Radio, and then on our Facebook page too, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. And this will be the last snap 
of the 22 season. There it is. Beck takes the knee. And the countdown begins, 23 seconds. Dogs aren't waiting for that clock to get to zero. They've hit the field celebrating here at SoFi Stadium. TCU begrudgingly walks to the middle of the field. Georgia on the logo celebrating back-to-back Nats. Perfection wears red and black tonight. 15-0. The Dogs have done it and won a second consecutive national title. And you can't be any more impressive than the way they did it tonight. 65-7. The Bulldogs leave their most abrasive mark of the season. And they made them quit. Let me tell you what. 65-7 the final. And let's soak it in. We want to come out and make a statement so that we're the best team in the Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I feel like we did a great job of doing that tonight. Uh, both sides of the ball, including special teams, and we just went out and executed, man. And uh, we couldn't play a more perfect game tonight. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The assessment of senior DB Christopher Smith on the SEC Network, and he is right. They couldn't have played a more perfect game on the sport's biggest stage. So, so it's a farewell to college football, but man, what an exclamation point. As Scott Howard mentions on Georgia Bulldogs Radio, a statement that really doesn't need much analysis or an explanation, and yet here we are. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, the defense was amazing, aggressive and attacking to be sure. A lot of pressure on Max Duggan and pressured him into costly mistakes. Um, The fact that he had those three, well, two interceptions. There was a fumble that wasn't his in the first half, but three takeaways for the defense, the two interceptions, um, and the the short fields. So whether it was a three and out or a short possession, the number of times that Georgia was able to take advantage of not having to go the full length of the field was also played right into their hands. And the experience as well of having won it all just a year ago You can analyze the role the SEC plays. Uh, We see that conference have some up years, some down years. Um, But definitely, whether or not you believe the SEC is the best conference in college football or if it's the Big Ten or it's another conference, 
the idea that they're battle-tested week in and week out is certainly part of this. And it's not just about the competition on the field. It's about the eyeballs. It's about the attention. It's about the intensity that goes along with SEC football and these conference games and the type of hostile territory that you're facing when you're on the road week in and week out. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The defense was fantastic. Brock Bowers was amazing. Uh, He didn't even really have to be that amazing because he was wide open so often. Uh, It's a little bit like flag football at times. Seven catches for 152 yards and a score for the sophomore tight end. And yes, Stetson Bennett with... Six total touchdowns, four through the air, two on the ground. Uh, And he believes this team something special, not just because of the physical talent and the preparation, the coaching, the leadership, but also chemistry. That ethereal, sometimes unattainable quality for winning teams. And yet you know it when you've got it. This team loves each other. I mean, when Coach Smart says he's never had a group like this, he's right. We love each other. Every single person on this team would do anything for each other. And, you know, it's a special group. Sometimes you can't even define chemistry. Winning definitely helps. It can put you on the road, but it is about love. It's about care. It's about compassion. It's about wanting to win, not just for you and not just because you want that experience, but because you so desperately want it for the guy on your left and the girl on your right. And so team chemistry, it's certainly about the blend. It's that corporate synergy, right, where the sum is greater than the individual parts. Again, not every winning team has it, but when you see it, when you're part of it, you can see that it gives teams an extra edge. They have an advantage when they have chemistry like this one. And then you've got Kirby Smart, who had all the training, the great pedigree in coaching, but a deep love for Georgia, which is why it matters to him to build a dominant program there in Athens. The University of Georgia meant so much to me. I'll never forget the speech I heard uh, Billy Payne give and how much Georgia meant. He met his wife there. And he gave back to the University of Georgia every way possible. He helped bring the Olympics. And then when you say all he wants to do is give back to a university that gave to him, I wouldn't be who I am today without the University of Georgia. I was lucky to go to get a chance to go to University of Georgia. You know, and, and I want to give back to a place that has meant so much to my life and to my family's life and has given so much to us. So I don't think you can do that without honoring them with how you work and the standard you try to set. And that's that's my selling point. Kirby Smart has got a loyalty and a deep love for Georgia. And, and so, as he says, that's his selling point, but it also makes a difference to him because it's something more than just a job. As for TCU, it can't be overstated the turnaround from a year ago when they had five wins. For the Horn Frogs to get to where... They were this season first place in the Big 12 standings. Of course, they lost in the Big 12 championship game, but getting to that point and then earning their spot in the college football playoff, a great game against Michigan. Man, that was so much fun. They were actually picked to finish in the bottom half of the Big 12 preseason. And so maybe the stage was a lot. Maybe they weren't quite ready. Sonny Dykes did indicate that the team was tired. He felt like that they were kind of worn out. Part of that is the pressure that Georgia puts on you. But yeah, this was tough sledding. 
188 total yards and three turnovers in the first half made it impossible for them to pull one of their classic second-half comebacks. I think we're all disappointed and um, that we didn't, you know, that we didn't play better and we didn't coach better and, you know, we didn't represent uh, our team better than we did tonight. Uh, but we'll learn from it, and the next time we're on a stage like this, we'll handle it better. I think tonight was was one of those nights where, you know, at least offensively, we could just we we couldn't get anything rolling. They were playing well on defense. We were shooting ourselves in the foot. I was making bad decisions, and I wasn't executing well, not putting us in a position to, you know, score score some points and you know move the ball. So Max Duggan finishes 14 of 22, 152 yards, two picks. He did have the rushing touchdown in the first quarter, which was the only score that the uh, TCU Horn Frogs would have. And that speaks right to not just their inability to capitalize on opportunities, but the fact that there weren't that many opportunities. Uh, they they could not get anything rolling, as he points out. There was really no no sync, no rhythm, no flow. And once again, back to the Georgia defense, not allowing them much room to breathe. However, it's a season to remember. I know it may not feel like it at this point when you don't score again after the first quarter, and now you're going to hear about forever how this was the largest margin of victory in any college bowl game in history I mean you're part of that you're a footnote where you don't want to be but it was a great accomplishment for them to get there and I hope it is a starting point for the frogs a loss like this stings um, but you know we talked about this a little bit in the locker room a second ago just about you know how far we've come in a year and what what these guys have been able to accomplish really when nobody outside of our locker room expected it or really believed in them. The best thing about being part of a, of a football team, and especially this one, I mean, you know, long past this time, you know, we're probably not going to remember the wins and losses or, or stuff like that, but we're going to remember the men in that locker room, the guys that, you know, we got to grow up with that, you know, we learn more about, you know, when when, when stuff got tough um, and, and things kind of got hard, you saw what type of men that we got in our locker room that continue to fight, believe. Um, it, it's such a fun group to go to work with. You know, it's the little stuff that you got to remember about this season, you know, probably less about the, the wins and losses, but, you know, what, what great men we got. Early in the fourth quarter, right now, watching Stetson Bennett get pulled off the field and the embraces with his coach and with his teammates and the smiles. But I'm telling you, if you didn't watch, he was wearing that smile from the very beginning. <laughs> from the very first drive, Stetson Bennett had a feeling this was going to be his night Certainly a night to remember and a way to cap college football, unlike we have ever seen. We have been talking a little bit, too, tonight about the coaching changes in the NFL, either the ones that we know about, the openings that have already been disclosed, or the ones that are still yet to come. Maybe in some cases, ownership not quite sure which way moving forward. So we've asked you on Twitter and Facebook of the openings we know, or maybe even some of the openings that we think might be part of this coaching carousel in 23, which one or which ones are most attractive? Some of you are declining to pick one. That's how bad you think the situations are. <laughs> All right, we'll review coming up. Uh, after our CBS on Twitter, Facebook. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply book easy peasy to find you are listening to the after hours podcast as a coach you learn along the way um each and every step you know i, I think there's there's things that i'll take from this and be a better coach moving forward but you have to go through a season like this to try and make those changes moving forward. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury had no clue that Michael Bidwell would move on and would decide that they had to make a coaching change on what was a Black Monday that didn't necessarily have the same teeth as some of the Black Mondays, theoretically, in the past. Though there were a lot of assistants that were fired as well. And I get the sense, I think there's some of of that kind of uncertain ground for a bunch of coaches, a little shaky underneath them. They're not sure, and we're not sure whether or not they're going to keep their job. So I don't think we've seen the last of the movement or the coaching changes in the NFL. But to this point already, we have a handful of openings, and Arizona is the latest definitively to be added to the list. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Here's the interesting part. Well, there's lots of interesting elements to this Arizona situation, but he was just given a contract extension 10 months ago, about the same time that Kyler Murray was given a massive new contract Well, you can't really get rid of Kyler Murray, and maybe they don't want to. Maybe I'm I'm projecting my own feelings about Kyler as a quarterback on this situation. But similar to what's going on in Denver, because of the contract and the financial penalties uh, of, at least initially, the early years of a contract, the salary cap ramifications, Denver can't move Russell Wilson. 
even if they wanted to. And again, I don't want to put words in their mouth. Uh, but the the Cardinals can't really move Kyler Murray either. And now he's hurt. So where are they going to move him to exactly? Uh, and so whether or not that's a factor for Cliff Kingsbury, they certainly have had some really embarrassing finishes. It's what's that old adage? It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Well, maybe that's what got Cliff Kingsbury fired. And this is just the latest example. Uh, they lose their last seven in a row. Last year, they were the the final team in the NFL to, to pick up a loss. And while they did make the playoffs as a wild card, it was a wah, wah, wah. It was just a, a fizzle of a finish. And so they really have, Suffered from injuries, definitely with Kyler's injuries. But at the same time, they haven't even remotely shown that they are a contender because their their best days have been at the beginning of the season. So after four years, Cliff Kingsbury is out the door, though he still has a lot of money on that contract. I don't know any coach that has worked harder than Cliff Kingsbury. He has put in countless hours. And we had a good long conversation today. Um, in which I told him I, I, I'm really sorry because this is a tough decision. Uh, but at the same time, it was a decision that needed to be made. The search has started for both the general manager and for a head coach. We're going to cast the net far and wide, I'm doing it differently than we've done it in the past. Uh, I've already been on the phone setting up uh, interviews and uh, speaking with people I respect around the NFL. Michael Bidwell termed it a good, long conversation. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury would agree that it was a good, long conversation? How much did the relationship between Cliff and Kyler, at least the rumors, the speculation that the relationship was frayed, the communication was a mess, uh, some of those kind of outbursts and, and I wouldn't call them altercations, that's too strong, but disagreements or strong words. Uh, this is a Gen Z thing emotional outbursts on the sidelines. And and I do agree that a lot of that happens in the NFL. That's not why coaches get fired, but was it indicative of something far more challenging and, and, a, and a relationship that had deteriorated behind the scenes? That's a major question that's going around. So we now know that Arizona and Michael Bidwell is looking for not only a new coach, but a new general manager. Steve Kime is is stepping away to take care of his health. We do not know about Los Angeles in that same NFC West division. I'm going to take the next couple of days um, to really be able to kind of reflect. Obviously, a lot of conversations with various people um, that will dictate and determine um, the decision that's best for me, my family, um, the Rams, and a lot of people. And that's kind of where we're at with that. Sean McVay is going to take some time. Uh, the reaction is, I don't know that at this point it's a huge surprise because of what we went through last year. I won't yet put it in the same category as Brett Favre, but for now at least, Sean McVay is doing the will he or won't he. And I do believe he takes it seriously. One of the points that we heard from Michael Duarte of NBCLA when he joined us earlier in the show is that Sean takes very seriously the responsibility and the obligation to the coaches that he's hired and the players that he's brought on board and what happens to them if he leaves or how do they feel or how does the team move forward or will they be in a better situation if he leaves? So it's, it's a pull. It's, it's definitely a tug at him because he's the leader of an organization and he's got a lot of responsibilities uh, underneath him. And so I, I appreciate that about McVay. He's only 36 years old. 
In case you're wondering, Matthew Stafford is having no such qualms. I got a family, I got kids, I got a wife and all that that, uh, you know, are, are obviously very, very important to me. So it's conversations, but, um, you know, feel really confident that I'll be good to go next year, be ready to go and, and uh, got full support from them, which is, uh, you know, what matters for me. Stafford was actually part of the coin flip on the field last night at SoFi. He was there as a Georgia alum. And then LaDainian Tomlinson was there with TCU. So that was kind of fun to see their greeting and to see them walk out there in street clothes. Uh, I kind of feel like if the Rams are, well, if that coaching job becomes available, that's extremely attractive. What happens with Aaron Donald, though? Remember, he told us that he was returning because of Sean McVay, that that was a major piece, and because they wanted to run it back and try to win a title again. It did not happen. They went 5-12. and 12. Run it back! <laughs> run it back! Yep, yep. I didn't say it quite like that, but I got you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Get Radio. Up for Aaron Donald! <laughs> what a stunt! <laughs> the, the Rams and the Cardinals could be two, well, one of those teams for sure. The Rams could be also looking for a head coach. In the NFC South, the Panthers have Steve Wilkes. Will he get an opportunity? We don't know yet, but David Tepper has requested interviews with other candidates. The New Orleans Saints, well, according to Dennis Allen, he, he expects to be coaching next year, but will they? be looking for someone new after a 7-10 finish. And then if you think about uh, elsewhere in the South Divisions, right, you've got the Indianapolis Colts who have Jeff Saturday, except they're also reaching out uh, to ask or to request interviews. I don't think anything can officially be done until the 17th of January. That's when the first interviews can take place. It's a new program, new calendar for NFL and coaching candidates. Um, But the Colts right now, um, they have Saturday and he's their interim and he's campaigning, Um, but they would have to go through the Rooney rule and they would have to kind of satisfy the requirements. Um, And, Let's be fair. They lost seven in a row, and and I'm not sure that it was the right fit with Saturday. He says he's got his own way of doing things, but he really wasn't allowed to to dive into that and to unpack that because he was the interim and he was taking over someone else's team. Um, So that situation is definitely in flux. The Houston Texans seems like nobody wants that job. Uh, But, yes, the Texans are also a vacancy after a finish of 3-13-1. And, and if I'm Lovey Smith, I am laughing my ass off because we lost, quote-unquote, uh, the number one overall pick because he goes for two in the final seconds of their game on Sunday, and they he, they get the win. I'm sorry, that makes me so happy. So happy for Lovey Smith. Uh, the Denver Broncos also finished 5-12. and 12. They're looking for a new head coach, and... These are at least three of the guys that they've requested to interview. Sean Payton, who is still property of the New Orleans Saints. Jim Harbaugh, who is property of the Michigan Wolverines. And Dan Quinn, who right now is the very attractive, I do not mean that, physically, just so that no one misunderstands me. So we're all on the same page. Good looking guy. When you're a chick in this business, you got to be careful what you say. Uh, anyway, he's an attractive candidate is what I meant to say. And that goes back to last year when it was Jerry Jones who was paying him a, a boatload of money to keep him on as Mike McCarthy's defensive coordinator. But Russell Wilson, he believes that the Denver Broncos are the most attractive job out there.
What's really great is I think over the past several weeks we started creating identity over the past several weeks. You know, I even go back weeks. to the first Chief, Chiefs game when we were kind of behind. We really started catching fire, and I think that was really good for us. We had one game in, in, in there that wasn't our best, but I think from there we, we stayed together. We stayed connected. We, 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 stayed, we stayed connected and, and believing in one another. Also in the AFC, Mike Vrabel has fired four assistants, so he's making changes. Change is obviously a part of this league. It's part of, you know, professional sports. Um, you know, I think that we'll, you know, there'll be conversations, you know, here in the short term about, you know, the general manager and, and where that goes. And then uh, that person and I will have conversations. We'll have conversations with Amy. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you. You know, about the, the extent of the change that we have. You know, I don't think that that's something that is going to happen, you know, necessarily overnight, but there's going to be, you know, change. So four assistants already fired, and they're definitely in transition as well. The Steelers are not moving on from Mike Tomlin, though I wish he was available. I'd take him on my team in a heartbeat. And also Bill Belichick will be back for his 24th season. But will Matt Patricia be his offensive coordinator moving forward? He was asked that question on Monday. We're going to have to wait until tonight to be able to give you his answer. Don't! (laughs) Have a great Tuesday. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Boom! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.